Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Eric Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up, what up, what up? What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. What up, B? Yeah! <laughs> Yo, the boy Jimmy the Blueprint is somewhere similar to the White Sand Beaches of St. Thomas, though the St. Promise, he's as determined as the Mold Thomas. Y'all know nothing about that. We're going to talk our ish for a couple of hours, especially about that debacle that is the NFC least division in the NFL. And we're going to take some calls and rap about what you guys want to rap about as well. So get your popcorn ready. Keep it locked right here in the war room. If you want to get in on the conversation, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, that number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, make sure that during the week, we're not live on the air, that you guys remember to check out archived episodes of our show on our own network at warroomsports.com. You can also catch us on the War Room Sports free mobile app, also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do your podcast listening. Stitcher, wherever. Um, yeah, but you can catch us there. The war room. What up? So what up, Aki? What's going on with the week, man? Yo, man, I'd be so excited to get the EPMD going, to get that so outcast going. But, yo, I don't know which one of us is Andre 3000 and Big Boy, because Big Boy can't really rap like three stacks, but three stacks just like a yeah. Um, To get our Jada... And styles on fam. I'm 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 happy to be here, yo. Mellow's back in the NBA and busting ass. Um yo, I had a question to ask you, um, because we are children of a lesser god. We're children of hip hop and you know, no matter how far away we try and stray from it, it is what it is. Um, are you familiar with Griselda Records? Griselda Records? Yes. I'm not familiar with Griselda's body of work. Well, You're not that? familiar with. So these brothers started rhyming, or I started taking notice about five years ago, and 
it's like they they literally get in a time machine and they travel forward from 1996 and they do whatever they do here in this age and then they get back in the time machine and then they go back and they're signed to uh to Eminem to Shady and I just listened to the last three albums that they dropped, man. And I ain't dick eating, but it brought a tear to my eye, man. Like, I didn't even, like, like everything is okay. I can get in my spaceship and, and pop them in and just leave, and it's all good. And I think that you would appreciate what, they, uh, what they're talking about. It's Benny the Butcher, West Side Gun, and the brother Conway the Machine. I'm going I'm to shoot that to you on title, and I think... Jimmy got to be familiar because Jimmy's familiar with everything, um, including that new ish that he shouldn't be familiar with. But, um, yo, these dudes are straight out of the 90s. I'm like, who do you sell to? Like, like no one under 34 is even going to appreciate what they do. And then I looked at their dates of birth and I understood. I'm like, yo, these guys are like 36. So they stuck in the game for like, 15 years and probably couldn't get on and was getting laughed at. And finally someone said, yeah, but yeah, Griselda records. I, I'll title. Right, I'm a, yeah. I'm going to check that out. Cause all, all I'm familiar with is turquoise Jeep records. So I got to check out. Smangin brothers. Um, all right, man. Uh, we said shout out to Jimmy, man. Somewhere uh, land on the beach. Taking care of world and business while you're there, you know, that's always the, the, the main objective, but he's somewhere laying on the beach doing it. Um, so shout out to that brother. Um, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into these hot topics, especially because uh, we got Gus Griffin on the line uh, to give his NFL picks for this week. So before we do that, uh, hot topics as, and as well as hot topics, uh, investing with Gus is also brought to you by my bookie. Uh, you guys can make tons of money betting on sports at my bookie. The NFL is in its stretch run. Um, I don't know what they're doing in the NFC East or the NFC Least, but the rest of the NFL is in its stretch run. Um, the NBA is right around the quarter pole. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to check them out. Lay down some, some bread on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You're tired of getting burnt by those other services when it's time to collect your winnings? That's why we urge you to try my bookie. You win, they pay out fast. No hassle. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after the game start. So join now on my bookie. Match your first deposit. Um, they'll match it. They'll match 50% of your first deposit. Excuse me. But that's up to $1,000. So just Use the promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. Just check out the website, uh, throw in that promo code, and get the going. But before you do that, you might want to stay. If you're an NFL investor, you might want to stay and listen to this segment here because we got Gus Griffin on the line. Gus, what's going on, good brother? I'm all right. I'm all right. I uh, have um, the threats from last week's debacle have subsided a bit, and uh, <laughs> no one's trying I, to um, you yet. The Irishman ain't <laughs> looking for you. 
<laughs> I right thought about going to see the movie, but after last week, I just said, well, maybe this wouldn't be the best time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, if you're not familiar with what happened last week, if you didn't lay down anything, um, Gus went 3-5 and five last week, now 33-34 and 34 for the season. Gus, I think this is the first time all season that you've dipped slightly below 500. Yeah, well, the first opening week, I opening week I think I was one and three, but uh, ever since then, yeah, I've been pretty steady. We don't count opening week. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what's really going on opening week uh, because preseason is a debacle, so we don't get to learn anything. So we'll give you a pass on opening week. Um, okay. So right now, 33 and 34 for the season. Uh, we're going to start with an over-under. We got the Cowboys and the Bears. The over-under number uh, on that is 43. Where are you going? I'm going the under. Um, uh, the three best defenses the Cowboys have faced, the Bills, the Pats, and the Saints, they've scored a combined 34 points. So they're barely scoring they're barely scoring 10 points against the uh, upper echelon defenses, and certainly the Bears have that. Um, you don't need to speak anything of the Bears' offense. Yes, they look pretty decent against the Lions, but it was the Lions. I'm taking 30. I'm taking under 43. I, I see max 2017 game, something like that. Okay. Um, next one, we got the Bills versus the Ravens. Uh, this is a, a six-point spread on this game, and I believe the Bills are the home team. Yes, the Ravens are favored by six. I think the Bills, uh, you know, you'd have to go back and look. They very well may be the most underappreciated nine and three team at this point in the season. Uh, in recent, oh, I can remember recent. I mean, they were seven point underdogs to the Cowboys uh, in Thanksgiving. And when you really think about it, and you watch the game, you walk away thinking, and I don't know how I missed. It. I was getting ready to travel. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. But how on earth were they seven point underdogs to the Cowboys? Because if you watch that game. They were clearly the better team. Clearly, I mean, they were. They had a two-game lead in record, seven-point underdogs, and it it had, it had nothing to do but anything but the branding. You know, this is Dallas, this is Buffalo. Um, I think some of that will go on in this week. Um, the, the Baltimore, you can't speak about how they've been playing, but at some point you have some letdown, as the Saints did last year at this time when they went to Dallas. I think the Bills are going to cover this spread. This might be. This is a very tricky game for Baltimore, so I think the Bills, at the very least, cover that spread. Okay, um, and and you're right; they're definitely an underappreciated nine-three team. I'm one of the people who underappreciate them. At some point, they will make me a believer. Hopefully, maybe. <laughs> but um, we're gonna go Broncos at the Texans. The Texans are favored by ten points. Yeah. Um, the Broncos have covered four of the last five time, five games. Their defense keeps them in games. Uh, after the um, after the, the the Vikings escaped them, they talked to Stephon Diggs. And said, what happened? And he said, if you watch the film, you know what happened. They're better than people think they are. I mean, the record doesn't reflect it. But their defense keeps them in games. Um, the Texans may have a little letdown after beating New England. Um but their defense isn't what it used to be with you know with Clowney and Watt out no longer there. So um, I think the Broncos cover this ten points again. Uh, the, 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 I always look at double digit um, double digit underdogs. I, I, I flamed out last week picking the Raiders and the and the um, who I who I I think I picked the yeah I picked the Raiders in Arizona. They flamed out, and then the double digit favorite I picked Carolina flamed out. So that speaks to last week. But I uh, I think the Broncos are going to cover this. Okay. 
Um, then we have the Colts visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers are actually a three-point favorite in this one. Yeah, um, Falcons and Jacksonville don't exactly convince me as that the Buccaneers have turned the corner, and I just don't trust Winston. Uh, I just don't. I think it's fool's gold so far the last two weeks. The Colts have been a very good traveling team, and they're desperate. So I got the Colts uh, plus the three in this. I actually think picked this to be one of my upset specials. And I have right. one last uh, upset, upset special I didn't mention to you. Okay. Um, I'd take San Francisco to – to go to New Orleans. They've lost two big games. The two biggest games are the um, Ravens and uh, Seattle. I think right. they're ready to win a big game. Um, and if you don't, if you don't want to take them on the upset, they're two and a half point underdogs. Go ahead and buy a point, buy a, you know, buy off a point, give them a little value and take the three. But I think San Francisco and the Colts are going to be the two upset winners this week. Okay. Yeah. And, and San Francisco isn't underappreciated. Like, the Buffalo Bills, but I do uh, think, you know, but but I still little. think, B, that there's some people out there like they have to win one of these games against one of these better teams for us to really believe that what yeah, we're and seeing that's all season is legit. Yeah, and that's reasonable. So they gotta, that's they a reasonable expectation. Yeah, it's a reasonable expectation. It is. It is. Yeah. It's I, I think to, they're going to go up to, to Seattle and when they go up to Seattle. I wouldn't be shocked if they go up to Seattle and win. In these big yeah. rivalry games, home field doesn't mean a whole lot, especially divisional. They go every year, so um, I wouldn't be shocked I if they go and win up in Seattle. With the caveat that the twelfth man is a little different, man. It's a little it different. What it used to be. Yeah, I'm about well, to say yeah, it's not the same. That's true but, too. That's true too. You know, it I mean, ain't like when Marshawn Lynch used to grab his manhood jumping into the end zone. I got you. It ain't. <laughs> and mainly the defense has declined. You know, the, the, the loud, the home field advantage, I mean, the, the main advantage is the quarterback can't hear his own signals. I mean, so, right. You know. right. And then, you know, on top of that, they, like you said, they had a smothering defense. So it was it was just frustrating for any offense that used to go up there. All right, so it's time yeah. to get back over 500, man. We'll see how it goes this weekend. Um, I don't need – don't just don't bet on the Eagles like any more this season. Um, <laughs> I would have taken the yeah. over. I would have taken the over if it, if it weren't forecast to Yo. rain. So the over and yeah. under is forty seven. I would have taken that, but it's the weather's a Yo. little tricky, so I just I just backed off. And Eli we talked a lot back. of itch and went outside and got beat up by the retarded kid with the hanging eyeball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week, man. Appreciate it. Oh, okay. Let everybody know about the uh, your 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 newest article that just dropped today. Yeah, latest column is um, the coach and the police chief talking about um, the Washington football team and the police chief of Prince George's County. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice tie-in. It was a nice tie-in. So make sure you guys go to WorldSports.com. And you uh and check that out. Give us your thoughts on it. Um, funny, like a ton. You get to, like because we get the number. A ton of people read this stuff, but the only people that like to comment are the trolls. So <laughs> that's, that's their job. Like a troll cannot read something and not troll. Like it's just impossible. But, but we'll Yo, you see. can't walk under the bridge and expect not to find what lives under the bridge, man. Yeah, yeah, they they <laughs> don't like come out and say boo. All right, gentlemen. All Take right, care. Bro. All right, no doubt. That's-
Gus Griffin, everybody. Everybody go make your investments. All right. In a little while, we got some time before we talk to uh, Fred Perdue about, uh, you know, about uh, the rivalry Saturday that's coming up in um, college football. I said the wrong term, but what is that? We we paying the price because we won the bowl two years ago. Like, we just going to look like this now. Yeah, I mean. It's a price that I've always been willing to pay. I'm I'm cool. I mean, yeah, I, have, I'm I have to, to stick pay. to my word. When they won it, I was like, you know, they can be trash for the next 10 years and they won't hear a peep from me. I mean, they're going to hear me call them trash, but I'm not going to get upset. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know how they living, they living, they living up. They damn sure living up to it. They said, oh, that's it. We... <laughs> right. So, like, yo. man, I would say from like, Four years ago to just take like four years ago and then take the past 12, 13 years from that, B. Austin and I probably watch 94.9% of Eagles games together. So, you know, he knows what it is. He knows, you know, I used to throw stuff and get upset and put holes in walls. And, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it was a lucky time that I didn't have children yet because they're light, Somebody easy to pick up, easy to throw. Beat up and put up <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple car. people. Got Yo. stomped out. Like, stuff used to happen. I ain't even, now, I'm, I ain't I'm even lie, man. But yeah, I was man. before that, before the bowl, though. After birds, man, I'm going I'm to I'm say something on live air that I've never really admitted to because I know what he truly is. Yeah, I'll be enjoying seeing Fitz Magic do Fitz Magic things, man. I think <laughs> no, it's funny. I'll be fine. Because we're always like, yeah, 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 yeah. like he always gets no, off on us. People, there's no <laughs> way people don't really think he's good and don't realize that he really garbage. Like, yo, he has these games where it's like, yo. But that's the man. thing is. That that's that's what the thing is. He's actually a good I like quarterback. Dude. I like dude. But consistency is not a part of his, you know, his makeup, but he does it enough to fool somebody into his next contract. And yeah, then my man would throw the rock to the other team profusely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he will also put up 400 yards and five TDs. <laughs> Shout out to like Harvard. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah. There's been rumors coming out of Cleveland that your man o- o- OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., he wants out already. The source, quote-unquote source, out of Cleveland says he wants out after the season finishes and Brown's management will look to accommodate his likely request. Um, marriage over in Cleveland? I mean, because th- there was a thing when he went there where he was kind of, you know, on, on his brashness saying, you know, the Giants thought, thought they were sending me here to die. But then they got all this infusion of talent. They got the number one pick. They got Miles Garrett in there. His homie is over there um, at the other receiver. They got Nick Chubb in the backfield. Um, after he got in trouble, they got Kareem Hunt in the backfield after an eight-game suspension. You got Baker Mayfield, who had a great rookie season. So they thought this season it was all going to come together, and I think they were believing oh my, dream, the preseason dream. hype that they got. Now, I'm dream, looking dream. at their schedule. It's not that they can't still make some kind of run at the postseason, 
But sitting at five and seven right now, I don't think everybody who drank that Kool-Aid believed they would be five and seven at this point. And Odell Beckham would possibly, if this rumor is true, be asking his way out. So what's your thoughts on this? Um, I had a couple of thoughts. Par for the Cleveland course. It all stems back to the fact that, you know, outside of LeBron and and that uh, deal he made with Yilzebub, no one is going to win in Cleveland. It's not really possible. It is one of the assholes of the earth. Um, but then looking at the fundamentals of football and how a football team is constructed, I'm going to start with the top. Yo, Freddie Kitchens is a helmet head. And you know what I really want to say. He really is like he's he's he is the start, the middle and the end of the problem too much. He is he he almost reminds me of of a Ryan, like a Rex Ryan, uh, a buddy, uh, but too like at least they showed and demonstrated in the NFL what their substance was. You know, they can't coach a real team, but we can give them a unit. And they're gonna, and they'll be all right. Kitchens hasn't hasn't proven that, so he's just falling flat on his face. Like that's ninety percent of the problem. Then we go to on the field, the execution. Well, these cats don't have discipline. There's no accountability. So what do you expect? The O line, as we're very fond of always saying, if you have exceptional fat guys, the skill position players don't matter. And it's not that they don't matter, but from the very best wide receiver to the absolute, the absolute Agahor. So from that spectrum, Agahor to the very best wide receiver in the league, it's like if you have exceptional fat guys, they will cover over the fact that you're playing with a handsless receiver up to <laughs> 75% of the time. And so I don't believe they are built at the GM level on that offensive line. I don't think they have a good now. Then we get to Baker. Besides you know I'm saying Steve, Baker might just not be as good as he looks besides, like besides, besides him being a closet MAGA MAGA fan, I believe, he is the type of guy he's got a lot of Brett Favre in him. Do you agree? Um I do if you, if you don't protect Brett Favre He's already going to take risks and chances because he's cocky and he believes he's better than you and he can throw it through a pinhole. But now you're, he's, he's not going to augment his style of play to fit the fact that his O-line is trash and there's no chemistry with the team. So he's just out there playing the same, and he doesn't have the benefit of good coaching to correct the fundamental flaws and mistakes that need to be corrected now. So this is where a QB could seriously go bad. I believe Baker has the talent to be great, but I believe in order to be great, his starts between the ears and with wow. good mechanics, because he's not some super exceptional athlete. He's got exceptional arm talent. He's not a super exceptional athlete. So he has to build on a base of fundamentals that you see with like a Drew Brees, that you see even really with a Russell Wilson, although he's more athletic, but the fundamentals are there. Baker's fundamentals are flawed. He's not being coached up, and their O-line is trash. So now all of this talent you have on the edges doesn't even really matter. It doesn't matter that you have 
Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, the the big original black man African tight end that can run like a four three and and got great hands. Not a good route runner, but he got hands and he's fast. Nick Chubb, prop, quiet is kept. Nick Chubb, top top four running back in the NFL, maybe. Possibly, I, 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 I would agree I, with that. They don't give him the ball because it's a copycat league, and someone told someone somewhere that, you know, you can't give a running back the ball 30 times in a game, uh, two games, three games straight. So Nick Chubb is a victim of his era, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But that is the problem in Cleveland, particularly with the offense, and I'm not even going to evaluate the defense. It bleeds over. The lack of discipline and accountability bleeds over to the other side of the ball, and we'll just leave that there as far as the defense is concerned. So that's the story in Cleveland, man. Talent doesn't matter. All right. All right. I, I mean, that's what we, we even said it prior to the season, man. We talked about the level of talent that this team had. But, you know, it was hard to be a total believer because we just always think the Cleveland Browns will find a way to brown it up. So far this season, they have found a way to brown it up. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie Tobias calling on in from Arizona. Tobias, what's going on, good brother? Hey, roll down time, fellas. Roll down time. Hey. Yeah, you weren't talking that after hey. that L. But. <laughs> hey, here's the thing, all right. I'll say this real quick on that. Everybody's talking about it's over. Hey, if your quarterback challenged his inner Jameis Winston with two of the most glorious pick sixes I've ever seen from Alabama, uh, you're a terrible kicker again missing, and 13 penalties, and you lose he by three. You don't care it, about the excuses. It, like, oh, no, go hold ahead. On. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They lose by three. Also, the LSU game lost by five to QB was on one leg. If that means everything's over, I'm sorry. I got some swamp land. Hey, I got some swamp land to sell you in Arizona. But, hey. They lost. Yeah. So I mean, it, none of like, that none of that is enough for the top recruits in the con- country to turn away from Nick Saban at this point. So, yeah, I mean, we know that. Yeah, we it know that. yeah. And, yeah. And, and like, you know, you know really the like thing is you. that, yeah, because you're not going to overcome 13 penalties. And the guy was stupid enough to jump off sides when the guy was getting ready to punt in the first half. And, uh, <laughs> and here's the other thing that's an underlying stat in that game. Five of Alabama's defensive penalties resulted in Auburn first downs with kept drives going. You're not going to win like that. I don't care how much talent you have. It's all about attention to detail in football and sports in general. And when you don't have that attention to detail, things happen. And especially you got a backup quarterback also. Well, you need to make sure you got everything on lock. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I definitely feel you. Um, and And like you said, not just in the specific situation we're talking about, man, I, I've noticed what you just said. There's a lack of detail across the board in sports. You know, you watch the NBA every night, and it's, it's <laughs> glaring. It's I glaring. Hate James Harden, but but hey, you got to talk about the Browns. You got to talk about the Browns, right? And mm-hmm. I'm always tying the Buccaneers the because you know the player. Buccaneers, like because the Buccaneers are the, the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFC. But uh, <laughs> when but see, yes. No, 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 uh, Tobias, y'all, y'all are, Washington. y'all might be that. Yeah, I think it's Washington. As bad as the Bucks are, and I can appreciate where you're coming from. They ain't got issue on Cleveland, man. They ain't got issue. <laughs> but, 
Yo, Cleveland, Cleveland could put Cleveland could put Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, and 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 and, and, and Will and Will and Will Chamberlain out there in their prime, and would nothing go down, man. They they that place is cursed, man. And you know what? Ahead, and the sorry. thing is, you know, and uh, I want to tell Gus, hey, yeah, I, I would take the Colts against the Bucks also because the Bucks home games are called at the, the Bucks Stadium is called the Den of Depression. Cause we never went at home for some reason, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Jacoby Brissett is hella average, by the way. But anyway, we we need to take like the Browns, right? This is why I'm kind of kind of Jacoby Brissett is is very David Garrard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might be. He might be. And you know, great... <laughs> and you know what? Like we talked, you talked the Browns and Baker's issue. I never thought he was all that. But this, that's that's the reason I kind of hope Tua slides in the draft where he doesn't go to a tire fire. See, part of the problem with some of these bad organizations, a lot like the Bucks, the Browns, the Skins, the Dolphins, when your quarter, when your team is bad, when your you, let's look at the quarterback situation and all these other parts of the team, those bad habits aren't being coached out because you got crap coaches. And by the time you get somebody I, in, those I players endorse, are too far I endorse ex- everything you're saying. Everything you're saying, it's magnified by the fact that Baker Mayfield is his own big puckering, unwiped asshole. But it, it, it's there's no one there to coach him out of the bad stuff. There's no one there to hold him accountable. So he's just going to continue to slide, and he's going to look worse than his talent really is. You're right. Because he's in a dumpster fire. And, and, and here's the thing. Name me a great quarterback who had bad coaches. <laughs> you know, we know plenty of great, good and great coaches who, who got the best out of the quarterbacks. Randall but, uh, Cunningham? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. Imagine we had a real coach. And uh, and you, you rarely see and these quarterbacks are coming in so young as well. And we're in an offensive line crisis. And uh, where offensive lines aren't as good now because you can't touch them in the CBA. So you got that aspect of it. And these teams don't want to run the football, even though running the football is a quarterback's best friend because control the game. Passing doesn't control the game. Control the line of scrimmage controls the game and makes life easier. And these guys are too young when they're coming in. And most times your first coach is your worst coach. But by the time you get one in, you're too far gone for the most part. People saying what happened. But then you get lucky like Pat Mahomes did or Jimmy G who won a coaching lottery with Belichick and Kyle Shanahan. You yeah. know, it just it's all about luck sometimes. You no, know, it's funny it's but funny you bring that up because even in, in the dumpster fire that is Cleveland in purgatory and no, nah, it ain't purgatory. That's the eighth level of H E double hockey stick. I honestly believe <laughs> you could give Cleveland three more wins if Nick Chubb averaged 10 more carries per game. If Nick Chubb averaged 10 more carries per game throughout the course of the season, they would have three more wins. Yeah. I, I believe. Because, yeah, guys, for example, like I use the Bucks as an example. That terrible run to football, right? And we got the worst left and right tackle in football for some reason. They like to stay on swinging gate. But uh, but <laughs> Peyton Barber was the leading rusher last week. 17 carries, 
44 yard. He had the James Harden efficiency rating last, and Russell Westbrook efficiency rating around the ball. That's your leading rushing game. When you have that, these teams are teeing off. And I think these teams got to understand running back is very important. Do you have to give them $100 million? No. But you have that player in that backfield who could be a safety foul catching the ball, who could make five yards in a 15 or 20, who could control the line of scrimmage is very important. But can I touch on the NBA real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right. James Harden is the most overrated player in basketball. I said it because Draymond finally showed how he really sucked. Because the guys are gone, he ain't the most overrated <laughs> no more. James Harden, he keeps saying he's the best scorer since Jordan. The dude only has three moves, a bad three-pointer, a layup, or traveling. That's his go-to move, traveling. Kobe Bryant may have taken, like, some crazy fast shots. But Kobe not only attacked the paint, not only shoot the three, he had a mid-range game and a post-game. Kevin Durant, the same thing. While we doing, look at James Harden, dribble, 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 go four for 20 for three. Somehow he, he's the two-guard version of Carl Malone, so he'll get all these free throws. So, oh, he scored 50 points. The dude is shooting 43% from the field, like 33 34% from the three. But, yeah, he's supposed to be this great score. How the hell you this great score? You, you, you shooting that terribly. I'm I'm going to agree with you while at the same time offering offering some level of explanation. Do I think that he's great in the all-time context? No, I don't. But even in order to do what he does, there is a measure of greatness that comes with that, Tobias. I I blame Antoni far more than Harden is the type of guy he's only doing what you're allowing him to get away with because he grew up in this generation he doesn't know that he shouldn't have tight shorts on he doesn't know that he shouldn't wear women's clothes like he's just that he that's his generation there's no one he doesn't have an old head to show him the lopes as soon as Melo showed up they got him up out of there not that I'm considering Melo the type of guy that would that would forcefully push someone that's making $200 million a second to do something different. But my point being, they've gotten all of the accountability measures out of there and his coach encourages this by, because his coach is an analytics guy. I'd rather you chuck up 27 footers on step backs than taking a 21 foot two pointer because analytics tells us that that's a, yo, you can't penalize the player for the degradation of the game. The game right. and it's is not a, it's not just his coach, me Austin. It's also what the referees the front allow him to get away the with. Referees the referees are yeah. Harden has become he's become difficult to Carmel. officiate. Like yeah, like somebody. But usually, like back in the day, when when somebody would become difficult to officiate. It might be because of their size. You know, Shaq was difficult Shaq. to officiate. Um, people jumping on his back, but you're, 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 you've, already, you've already put it in your mind like, well, this dude weighs 800 pounds, so these guys are bouncing right off of him. While he's thinking, you know, I get fouled every time I touch the ball. But as soon as I turn this elbow and knock somebody's head down 90 feet to the other side of the, the, the You're going to call it on me. Then you're going to call it on him. So Shaq, and, and Shaq Dev, became Dev. very difficult. Great. 
great, great. No, that's a great. That's a great point. That actually right. may be the crux of the point because look, look at the the flip side of that. They allow him to do this in the regular season, and then they change the way they officiate in the playoffs, and, and that shit right. doesn't work. And they try to, exactly. And then it doesn't um, work. Rich, Rich may have something to do with the fact that with the reputation that he's gained as this bad playoff performer can't win, won't ever win. It might be because a lot of what he's used to getting away with tightens up in the playoffs. And I always thought the NBA, you know, they were bad for, for doing that. Like officiate a basketball game, the same in the preseason, the regular season, the, the, the playoffs and the NBA finals, it's still a basketball game. Um, so he's become, he's, he's in that category now. Um, of he hard doesn't to make the I believe Allen Iverson was once in that category before they started changing rules. And, you know, he couldn't carry the ball anymore. Now, this is this is the thing. This season, the NBA has gotten really tight on traveling. Like, if you catch the ball Not last you night with LeBron. slide your foot a little bit, I know, <laughs> and you slide your foot a little bit, they're calling travel. Like, Tobias Harris, man, he gets called for traveling at least, <laughs> at least six times a game. Because, you know, once he catches it and tries to make a quick move off the catch, the refs aren't going for it. But at the same time, Brother, Harden, is still, huh? Harden is still getting away with – he's not getting away with the super egregious travels that he was, you know, last year and years prior. But he's still getting away with stuff. So if they're allowing him to do things that you're not allowing most other players to do, um, if you're allowing his offensive flopping to – to get him to the line 13 times a game. He went to the line 24 times the other night, and he's a great foul shooter. So that's going to, oh, of course, that's going to, of course, add to, you know, his scoring uh, abilities. Um, if you're going to allow all of that, because a lot of times when he does drive and, and gets that layup that Tobias was talking about, he's driving, he has his arms and elbows in the defender's face, but he's flopping on the way up and he's getting the foul call for it. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of things contribute to the way he's able to score the ball. I'm not knocking him. I mean, it's still – I'm not knocking him either. And you're, when and, you're able and, to put out the kind of numbers that he puts up. But you know, what's unfair, what's unfair to him – yeah, yeah, hold on. What, it, what's unfair to him – We got to be quick. We got Fred waiting on the line. For concerned about well, it being unfair. worry about life game Fred. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> what's unfair to him is that change in the playoffs. Because if you're going to let him do this for 82 games and then cut it out when it's playoff time, that's not fair, man. That's no, not fair. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not attributing all of that to the reason why he comes up small in the playoffs. But it has to play a factor. It has to play a factor because you're just used to getting away with stuff. And now the wrestler, oh, it's playoff time. It's time to tighten up our calls. No, you call a basketball game. The same, the same way every time you referee a basketball game. That's it's always been yeah. like that, man. And it's like the same thing, like forty forty six minutes throughout a game, they'll call the game a certain way. But at the end of a game, just because the game's on the line and a superstar got the ball in his hand, you know, a lot of stuff you're not calling fouls because you don't wanna uh, what do what they say? They don't want to determine the game. They don't want to tie the game. Dude, yeah, that was a the... foul for forty eight for forty seven minutes. It's a foul in the forty eighth minute. Like you cannot change the way you yeah. officiate. And I can't stand when they do that. 
Yeah, I got something for you guys to talk about later. All these, I'll say this, and I and I and I know Fred got to run, got to got to get in. But uh, you know, people talk about the NBA ratings are down, right? They want to talk about low management. I got two things on that, real quick. Two quick theories. First, they keep saying the regular season don't matter, so the fans are like, "What? Well, you don't say it don't matter? I ain't gotta watch it." But also, it seems like these teams play the exact same way. There's no different. It's one guy dribbles. Everyone pass up layers and shoot a three. It's like the same style. That's that's no difference in style, in my opinion. And and I, no, I think no, that's no, something it, there. No, Melo, said, Melo said he ain't, I watch, he going down. He going down. I watch a lot of goal. basketball games every night and every channel you turn to. Like the NBA is just turned into a glorified three point contest. Basketball is bad right now. There's a lot of people out there who are loving the sport right now. And you know, I love the game. I'll, I'll never give up on the game, but there's a lot of times when I'm sitting watching basketball with my son who I'm trying to teach how to play basketball, and I'm like, I find myself, I find the game being a whole memorandum on what you shouldn't do. I always find myself turning to him like, see, that's not good. Like, don't do that. That's not a good shot. That's not a good play. That's not, you know, and that's Brother, what it ban is. Him, ban him, ban him from the three-point line. I know deep down inside he started. He's watching TV. He's thinking he can shoot threes now. Offensive game, three mid-range layup. They had diverse games, so it wasn't just three. They had diverse offensive skill sets. But hey, you guys have a good one. You got to get the Fred and everything. You guys have a good one, man. All right, Bias. Let's be honest here, man. All right, bro. All right, and we will get back into this NBA stuff. We got some of that stuff on the docket for later, but for now, we're going to get in some college football talk with the homie Fred Perdue from the Locked On Canes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Fred, what's going on, good brother? Fellas, what's going on? Not much, not much, man. It's it's time to talk a little college football, what's man. What's happening, Fred? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what's going no on, Look, before we get into Championship Saturday, because I do want to get your opinion on some stuff that, on the biggest, you know, things that might go down on Championship Saturday, uh, since you are a Miami Hurricanes analyst for the Locked On Canes podcast, just give us a quick recap of, you know, what we've all viewed as a disappointing season for those Miami Hurricanes down there. Yeah, very disappointing season. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, very disappointing season. Canes finished six and six, uh, with stru- struggling, struggling, losing to FIU, losing struggling. to Duke. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's bad out here. And, and then they played you out, Fred, because AB, hey, remember, Fred was on the air just creaming FIU, and then Miami went out and lost to him. Yeah, like, yeah. FIU, FIU cream, and FIU went ahead and creamed on on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got um, yeah, it, hey, it's we, been a tough year. We, we just lost to the Dolphins, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, no I, trash, though. I, I, don't, hey. I don't care who we playing. We could be playing the Sisters of the Poor, and I don't talk trash about the Eagles because I don't trust. I already them, shot. So. I already, I already, get, I already gave out my <laughs> shots fired about you guys. So I'll, I'll spare you this time. This time, hey. yo, we, 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 we already lost to my team. <laughs> 
business in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Oh, yeah, y'all, y'all, got us, y'all got us in the meaningless game. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But we're here to talk about Miami Hurricanes here. We talk, we're here to talk about the Miami Hurricanes. We, I'll give y'all NFL talk later. We, we don't want to talk about this. Too, too many. Right, listen, Fred, you've got too many student athletes, guys that go to class, that don't go to Uncle Luke's house. <laughs> but, yo, too I much, think, too much. I think what happened with this season is, and it happened early in the year, you have a lot of individuals uh, wanting to do indiv- accomplish individual goals. This team played down to opponents, time in and time out. Uh, kicker was good. A, kicker was a big issue. Miami got down to its third string kicker, and kicker has been a problem across the country. But not I, I, Miami. I think kicker is a problem throughout college football right now. It's just some Nobody teams are so good they can. Overcome that, like some kids, some some schools don't even need a damn kicker. <laughs> yeah, if you're Alabama, you well, I, I almost said if you're Alabama, but never mind. Shot well, fired. Alabama shot fired to buy Alabama used to not need a kicker. Obviously, this past week damn. Alabama needed a damn kicker. <laughs> shot fired. Oh, and, oh, and go Tigers. How about that one too? Since it doesn't matter. How about that? Both of them. Both of them. The one. The Baton Rouge ones and the War Eagles. How about that? Um, but anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Mac and Cheese Wait, Jones didn't do anything for you, huh? Damn. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hey, I, don't don't get me started. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Uh, but no, um, but no, man, it, it's just this was a very disappointing year. I thought Miami figured it out at quarterback with um, Jaron Williams, who was a redshirt freshman. I thought that was the answer. I also thought, uh, like Manny Diaz, head coach, thought uh, uh, Butch Berry uh, bringing him in from the NFL. I thought maybe that would help the offensive line. I mean, you have a couple redshirt freshmen, you have a true freshman at, at left tackle, but nonetheless. You have some experience at, at wide receiver. You have the best tight end in America. That is Brevin Jordan. Uh, he will be a first-round pick come next year. Uh, he and, and he's not even eligible yet. So uh, you have a defense that has – I mean, they finished top, in the top 25, but it didn't feel like it because the offense just left the defense on the field so much. Uh, just a couple stats. I know, I know, B. Austin, you love those stats. So here's a stat for you. Miami finished 130th out of 130 teams on third down, converting third. 27.2%. Yo. Yo, Yo, they (laughs) dog-ish. That is is behind an Akron team that did not win a game. Not a, not not a half a game. They didn't win one game. So Miami doesn't know what it feels like to win on third down. Man, it, they really don't. And a part of it is, I think when you when you bring in <laughs> when you bring in a different offensive coordinator, and I get it, Mark Rick didn't want to give up the the offensive coordinator duties, and he didn't want to adjust the play style, which I've been saying for years. 
and my esteemed co-host Cam Underwood on the Locked on Canes podcast agrees with me, uh, that Miami needs to go to a more traditional spread offense than what this dinosaur of an offense that they're running. Miami finished 70, if, it, if I remember the stat correctly, it was they finished 72nd in the country in total plays this, this year, right? So that means there are 71 other teams that run more plays at a quicker pace because it's, it's tempo, 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 tempo. We see it in the college level. We see it at high school, college, and the NFL level. If you run more plays, you have more opportunities to score. And, yes, the caveat to that is if you run more plays and you don't succeed like Miami has not succeeded, your defense is on the field more, but it's volume. It's, it's equivalent to a volume shooter. If I take a ton, at least I'll make a ton. Hopefully I'll make mm-hmm. a ton. We were just talking and about James Harden. So I think with Miami, that's what's right now is the problem. Um, there's been a couple firings as far as head coaches that uh, as far as head coaches being fired across the country and one Charlie Strong who was at Texas moved on to the USF Bulls. I really would not mind him being at you at Miami as an offensive coordinator. No disrespect to new defensive coordinator. I'm sorry, um, defensive coordinator for Miami instead oh. of Blake Baker. Um and on the offensive side, I think Miami and Manny Diaz thought that they'd be getting what they saw at Alabama when he was just the quarterback coach, you know. So I think that's part of the problem. Maybe go out and get a guy in like a Sean Gleason at Texas uh, – I'm sorry, at Oklahoma State where they have one of the best offenses in the country or get one Graham Harrell who is going to be – who is the offensive coordinator, former quarterback at Texas Tech, knocked off Texas. You you guys remember the Crabtree runs free up the sideline. They beat Texas. Yeah, yeah that, that Graham Harrell, he's at USC. He's the offensive coordinator. Their offense is taking a jump, even though they went eight and four. Uh, Miami needs to get to a point where they are running more plays, getting more uh, athletes on the field in a more traditional sense. And you can still run the ball, but – it has right. to take advantage of the athletes. All right, so we'll, we'll see uh, what happens in, in their off season and on in the next year. But yo, it is championship Saturday. Um, a few big matchups out there. Just give us, you know, your thoughts on some of the bigger ones because we got to be quick here. All right, so Power Five. We'll go Power Five only. Pac-12. Uh, Utah is, they have to hold serve. I think they're going to have to put some big time points on Oregon. Uh, they, their lone loss was to USC, that same USC team that I just named. Uh, that USC team, um, faced off against a, a Utah team that did not have their star running back, Zach Moss, who has over 1,200 yards. But this isn't the Oregon team that you remember with Chip Kelly with the no huddle. The jerseys are still there, but the style of play is different. They're more of a physical power run team now, uh, led by the most overrated quarterback in college football, uh, Justin Herbert. I will continue to say it. I've said it all year. I will continue to say it. He is the most overrated quarterback in college football. So uh, for Utah, uh, Tyler Huntley is—he's completing 75% of his of his throws. Uh, he is a—he is a master of the football. He's not going to the NFL. He's not going to kill the league. None of that. But as a college spread option quarterback who's able to throw the football, 
yes, he is what you want. Um, they are also on defense. They're a solid group holding teams. They're averaging 56 per, uh, yards per game uh, rushing defense. So the defense is solid. They haven't played the best competition. It is the Pac-12, but you still have to respect those guys. Uh, they are they need a little help to get into this whole college football playoff thing. Uh, right now they're sitting at number five. Uh, they need Georgia, who right now is going to be facing off say, against. They're facing off against LSU. <laughs> they're about to free up a spot. So, so ooh, mm, you sure about that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know me. I'm rooting for for my man Frommy. But nah, I just got nah. a feeling. Another that. overrated college quarterback. Another, <laughs> another he's overrated right. college. He's regular smegular, man. He's he is, firing shots today. Oh yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, if you put Jake from anywhere else in the country, he'd be the same guy. Georgia plays their style of offense is what Alabama used to be when they had guys like Greg McElroy running the show. It's run the ball, play physical on both sides of the ball, keep the game close. Hope you don't have to have a kicker win you a game. Play bully. So you think, and that, you think Georgia Fred has Fred a shot at LSU? You think they, they got a shot to win that? Even though you think Fromm is overrated like that? I, I don't. I don't think Georgia has oh, a shot. I think yeah, the well, Joe Burrow yeah, show is about real. They're about to free up that spot then. That Joe I mean, Burrow. Georgia would have to win that game for that game to actually – for them to actually get in. Um, for Utah to get in. Yeah. Honestly – for me, Yo, Fred's been letting Fromm have it for three seasons. <laughs> and my man Fromm just keeps winning, keep winning, baby. Yeah, just oh, win, keep baby. winning, man. Keep winning. Have it. I'm not letting that man off the hook, no sir. Um, so for me, I think it's going to be one of those games. Georgia's defense will keep a minute, but the problem is offensively they're not going to be able to score uh, score points. Their red zone threat. Lawrence Cager, formerly of Miami, he's out for the season. Their other star freshman receiver, George Pickens, after getting in a fight uh, against Georgia Tech, he's out for a half. So you're and DeAndre Swift, their star running back, also hurt. Good luck. Yeah, college football cracks me up with these punishments: half a game for targeting, half a game for fighting. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it. It's crazy. Um, that's, that's happened to me before in high school basketball, where I got. I got. <laughs> I I didn't get caught. I got snitched on for uh, cutting in class, so I got benched for first half of the game. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happens. But um, um, all right, so last, let's go to the last three. The I'll give you picks on the last three if you just want picks for the last three. Yeah, let's go to Big Ten. Give me a pick on that. All right, Big Ten, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State is gonna blow those guys out. Uh, yeah. It'll be close for maybe a quarter and a half. Jonathan Taylor is the best player on that Wisconsin team, but he has no help. Justin Fields is going to be the number one pick overall over Trevor Lawrence next year. You heard it here first, so don't be surprised next year. Um, and they, and that's he's not even the star attraction. Chase Young is uh, the star attraction on defense at Ohio State, uh, and J.K. Dobbins is right behind him. They have three dudes that are legit Heisman uh, contenders. Ohio State rolls that rolls in that game. Uh, Clemson, Virginia, Clemson, and Virginia. Are we are we really discussing this? Clemson's gonna kill these guys. <laughs> Bryce Perkins is so, a good college quarterback and he'll have a chance at the league as maybe a, a guy that you bring in as a developmental guy, but I just don't see Clemson even having to they may they they'll wake up destroying these guys. 
Listen, you said Justin Fields would be the number one pick, and I, I agree with you. I mean, Justin Fields, for the people who haven't seen, who you know, who haven't seen him, he, he's talented. His talent and skills speak for themselves. But I got to ask you a question because remember, remember when the hype train for Trevor Lawrence left the station? Um, it was a hell of a hype train. Do you think the fact that you now think, you know, he's going to be the number one pick over Trevor Lawrence, and that you know might not even be close as far as the decision is concerned. Do you think on top of Fields' uh, talent and skills, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that, you know, the MVP race right now in the NFL is littered with black faces at the quarterback position? I don't. Um, I think both you don't think, quarterbacks. You don't, think, like, you don't think it's good for the reputation of black quarterbacks? Uh, no, not really. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think first and foremost, GMs, they need, they need the best guy on the team, uh, on the board to win games. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if you get somebody that looks like us, that's great. But at the end of the day, um, I must must warn you, Fred may be one of those. We live beyond, we live in a post-racial society. Oh my God. Here you go. Here you go. I just want to win games, man. I just want to win games. I just want to win games. Who's the dude? Who's the dude that, uh, but that's what I'm asking you though. Before this year, do you really think Mm -hmm. that that everybody out there was, was convinced that we could win games? I think they um, needed what's happening with Lamar, and then you know you had. I, I uh, want to. Can I? Can I put? A, I, I want to. You say had Mahomes so from I last season. With a, I gotta hit you with the the lead course, so not so fast. I think Lamar Jackson is smoking mirrors. I'm just okay. putting it out there. I think. I we'll think see, he's like for me, for me, I like what's going on, but at the same time, like like I said, you haven't heard me jump out the window yet because I'm like, I need okay, to see him year four, like this, five, six you when see he it can't for, take off as much anymore. Yeah, yeah, you got to see it for multiple years before I, need I jump to see out the window it. like that. I need when, to you, see when, you say he's, when you say he's smoking mirrors or you believe mm-hmm. him to be smoking mirrors, now I, I, we all know how each other evaluate uh, talent and and the game and, and and we're not you know that far off from each other's perspectives. Mm-hmm. What is it that you think is smoke and mirrors about him? I think he's in a very controlled offense with a running game that really. This offense is literally the same offense that Colin Kaepernick ran. Colin Kaepernick was a good quarterback, not a great coach, mm-hmm. not a great quarterback, good quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. but you have various levels to what made him successful. You need a great offensive line. You need a, gr- a good running game. You may need some decent receivers. You may need some decent tight ends. Can I, when, I, when I talk about great quarterback, Pat Mahomes don't need – he does not need Tyreek Hill to be great. My guy, okay. before, before the age started kicking in, I, I'm just going to say it, he, does, he doesn't need it. He didn't need it. It he may needed, look great. You needed a Aaron great, Rodgers does not a great need, offensive line. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did not does not need great receivers. It helps having. Knew we weren't going to get past this without a Brady mention. Yeah. Um, and and of course my and, and the guy I really I've liked him since he was at Clemson. Uh, my guy Deshaun Watson. He does. He's had a very average offensive line with one really dominant receiver. No running. No great running game. I mean, they're surrounding him with weapons now, but in the beginning, nah, okay. So, 
I don't know I don't know where he's going. I don't know where he'll end up. So I'm 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 with you, Dev, wait and see. But what I will say is I do see a change in the mobility of the position and the way it's played. My concern with with him is I think his little body takes too much of a pounding pause. Exactly. I, I don't think that, but that's not an indictment of his actual quarterback play. My man just don't know how to slide. He didn't play baseball. He was a track but guess guy. Who, but guess who? Guy. Guess who he learned? Who? Guess who his eyes on the uh, on the sideline are? Who doesn't <laughs> Yo, know how to slide you know, either? Pop and Tootsie Pops. We're not talking about that dude. He out the league. He don't count. But, but I, I'm <laughs> I'm nervous about the amount of punishment. But that, 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 but hey. That, Hey, but but that, B, that, if you're worried about his starting quarterback like that, then Pop Rocks and Pop Rocks and Tootsie Pops is very much still in the league because exactly. at any play, I, I, my I, one concern, he could be called up. He could be called up at any time. My one concern about Lamar Jackson, I know we went completely left field, but my one concern mm-hmm. about Lamar Jackson is when you force him to say, if you say you, we're going to contain you the whole game. And you're going to have to sit in this pocket and you're going to have to, the majority of your plays will be made from the pocket. And guess what? You're going to play against a lot of zone coverage, or you're going to play against tight man coverage. And we're going to put a spy on you that's fast as you, or can get, can uh, kind of contain I, I, you. I respect, I respect that, but can how many teams have that personnel? How many teams have that personnel? Not many can do it, but the ones that can, the New England Patriots. I mean, they can't. They they have guys no, that can I, do it. No, I, I, Fred, I was gonna beat you to it just to save your credibility and not make you look like a homer. I was about to say, you're gonna have to look for a Patriots Ravens rematch in the playoffs to possibly see what he's talking about. Because you know, if you you know Belichick, Belichick gets a chance, it one time. You up for I mean, a playoff game, then it might look different than with everything you did in the, in the um, exactly. regular season. Hey exactly. man, but let's get back to your last pick, man. We did. We did the. Oh, did you give all the picks? Uh, the Big Twelve, the the uh, ACC. Clemson's gonna kill Virginia, and the yeah. Big Twelve. It's gonna be a shootout. Baylor and Oklahoma. I trust. I, I'm still. I, my heartstrings are still being tugged by Jalen Hurts and his story, how he, his redemption story. I need Jalen Hurts to have another Heisman moment, so we can at least see him in New York. At least see him in a maybe in a in a, a playoff situation. There, the the dream story was supposed to be him in Alabama facing off against Alabama, him beating Alabama, making Tua cry, and all that good stuff. Alabama's out of it. Go Tigers, Tobias. Thank you. Um, <laughs> both of them. Both of them. But Baton Rouge, Baton, yeah, Baton Rouge and in Auburn. But uh, anyways, um, but yeah, that's. I want to see more of Jalen Hurts just dominating. I, I root for that kid every day, man, because so many guys have gone down that road. He's gone down, and you've never heard of him again. So I root for him every day. All right. Sure. Well, let's, uh, we'll, we'll revisit, you know, uh, Championship Sunday next week when we talk to you. But before you go, just let everybody know where they can hear your show and where they can catch you on social media. You can catch me on social media, Fred Produce CFB, and I've been I've been told I have to do this now. So it's P E R D U E, not the school that loses a bunch of games. So you can follow me there on Twitter. 
Um, and also, you can follow the show on Twitter, the Locked On Canes podcast at Locked On Canes. You can follow also my my esteemed co-host Cam Underwood at Underwood Sports, where daily we talk Miami Hurricanes. We talk a little bit of X's and O's. We talk a little bit of recruiting. So if you if that's what you love, uh, make sure you go check us out. You can catch us on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever wherever you get your podcasts. Just search. Locked All right. All you got to do from now on is tell the people, look, man, it's Purdue like the chicken, not like the school. So, Yo! Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I want to give up that kind of advertising, though. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. You might end up, I don't know, you do it enough, they might take notice and, you know what I mean? They be calling locked in. Like, all, you, Yo, all, uh, you all you owe us is, is 15%. You good. <laughs> mm, I, got I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, bro. All right, Fred Purdue, everybody from the Locked On Canes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, man. So, what I want to talk about real quick, you know, last of these NFL topics, man. The NFC least. AKA the NFC East division. Why, Yo, why you want to talk? there is a clown show of uh, division race going on right now between the Dallas Cowboys and our Philadelphia Eagles because each team, each team is being very nice at the front door, trying to hold the door for the other team to go through and get this playoff berth. Oh no, no, you go first. No, no, you go first. So for the past few weeks. They've been standing at the door telling the other person to go first, and we're still in that situation right now. The Cowboys, as, we, as we've all you know, talked about in the past couple of weeks, schedule going down the stretch, a little bit harder than the Eagles. You know, they, got, uh, they had Buffalo on Thanksgiving that everybody pretty much thought they could still beat and would still beat. They got Chicago this week. They got the Rams. Uh, then they got Philly, and then I believe Washington – to end the season. Eagles, on the other hand, had uh, an easy, a, a game that everybody thought was an easy game, a game that I had tickets to because I learned my lesson when I'm traveling for an Eagles game, try to get one that you think, you know, 99.9% is going to be a win so you don't mess up your whole trip. Um, I ended up not going. And I'm glad I didn't because Miami is not a place to be angry at. And I would have been angry had I gone all the way down there and watched this team lose to the lowly Miami Dolphins, who by all accounts this season aren't even trying to win. <laughs> so when the Cowboys give the Eagles an opening on uh, Thanksgiving, they come out on Sunday and the defense lays an egg against Fitzmagic. Um, so this week, Chicago, versus the Cowboys. Uh, the Eagles have the Giants on Monday night with the return of Eli Manning. So I don't know as an Eagles fan if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, They're going to put foot in it. Because my thing is, like, okay, everybody thinks Eli's done and washed, and he might very well be. But I don't want to be the first team to have to play him in his – With no film. I got to prove that I can still do this game. Mm. You know, because you never know, you know, what kind of motivation and how he's going to come out. He might come out and try to, you know, put on a performance where he can at least clamp this for this job down for the rest of the season, whether Daniel Jones can go or not. 
So, you know, I don't want to be the first experimental team in his Prove It tour. So, I'm, you know, a little worried about what's going to go on. And, and you have to be worried because the Eagles just aren't that good of a team. Like, somebody told me the uh, last week, um, B, well, you know, the Eagles should get the division because they got to, you know, come on, look at their schedule versus the Cowboys' schedule. I had to remind this person, as an Eagles fan, and this is prior to losing to the Miami Dolphins, B, I was like, well, you're saying that, but the Eagles don't have a great record right now. They haven't shown that they can put a full game together all season. They haven't shown that both units, offense and defense, can play well in the same game. So while you're saying, okay, they have an easy schedule, I guarantee you that everybody on their schedule that's supposed to be quote-unquote easy is pointing to the Eagles on their schedule like, well, that's a winnable game. Not saying, okay, we're going to beat them, that's the Eagles. Not counting it. But they're looking at it as a winnable game where Why not? if the Eagles were playing the way they're, you know, were everybody thought they would be playing at this point when the season started, you know, these lowly teams like the Dolphins, Washington, probably the Giants, they would be looking at this, okay, this is another loss, uh, another another draft position game for us. These teams are pointing to this game now like that's a possible win. Like, you know, don't chalk up that Eagles game because they're not that great. That's a possible win. So what is it with this division where neither one of the two teams at the top of it are anywhere near as good as anybody thought they were going to be? And how do you see this playing out? Because let me give you one more scenario. And, you know, the people here, you used to live here, the people here um, are getting a little bit excited about the slurs because they've won two games in a row. And there's actually still – there's only one team coming out of the NFC East, but there's actually still a scenario where the Washington slurs – can get into the playoffs by way of winning this division. And that's if the Dallas Cowboys totally lose out, Washington wins the rest of their games, and Philadelphia wins one of their remaining games, and that game has to be against the Cowboys, of course, if they're going to lose out. (laughs) Then Washington would sneak in and win the division. I just said that to humor everybody, not going to (laughs) happen. So back to Philly um, and, and Dallas. Why is this playing out this way? Why are neither one of these teams as good as anybody thought they were going to be? And how do you see it playing out for the rest of the season? You know, those are those are good. Um, it's a good question. And that and that scenario that you just ran through is certainly laughable. Um, I would like to point to a word in everybody's dictionary, and y'all all got them because y'all got, you know, smartphones. Every phone is smart now. Go to the dictionary and look up mediocrity. It's the state or quality of being mediocre. The Dallas Cowboys are a mediocre team. Not a mediocre talent. I'm going to get to my Eagles in a second. Not a mediocre talent. They, they've got plenty of talent. they got loads of talent but they are a mediocre team. They are mediocre because their head coach doesn't inspire. They're mediocre because their play calling is predictable. They're mediocre because their owner has an ego that makes everything about him as opposed to putting the team first. They're mediocre because they have an overrated quarterback who is um, running around Cabo with a bag of – and is running back. They're mediocre because defensively 
they are wishy-washy as to when they show up. And so when it's easy, when it's easy and the play calling doesn't have to be created and you just go out there kind of like Alabama does and say, you got a man, you got a man, you got a man, and you're just more athletic and more talented, go win. That works for them. But when the talent is equal or better, they can't win. So that's the Cowboys. The Cowboys are, in my best estimation, literally an 8 and 18, whatever that means. If that means they're in the playoffs, then they'll get in at 8 and 8. If that means they're out of the playoffs at 8 and 8, then they're out. They are the picture of mediocrity. Us, the Eagles, we just ain't shit. Period. <laughs> we, we just ain't. Um, our issue, and, and I hate I, I hate that Carson Wentz has to go through this because he is, again, one of these type of guys. Doesn't he put you in the mind of Andrew Luck? The, doesn't he remind you of Andrew Luck in that he's got all of this physical talent and he's not going to go down without a fight? And so he starts pressing and he starts forcing and he starts making bad decisions based on that. But golly, man. And the thing was, though, Catch the Eagles ball. were supposed to have put enough talent around him that he didn't have to be Andrew Luck. Yo. He didn't have and, to and press. Problem, he shouldn't. He should, and, and, and the problem is, as yo, Deshaun Jackson shouldn't make this much of a difference. And I'm not – I know how you and I feel, and we can, we can certainly make the case why he is not the issue – but we can, we're not going to go down that tangent. Let's just say one guy getting injured who's that fast shouldn't blow the entire offense apart, and it hasn't. The reality is the reality is play calling is an issue. We're not as talented as we thought we were. Our offensive line has aged before our eyes. The O-line isn't good. The line's not good, and – you're running around with an African instead of an African and Nelson Agahor, he's playing wide receiver without having any arms. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey cannot create any separation any longer and tends to drop the ball from time to time. And, and God bless Zach Ertz. God bless him. He's a great player, but your tight end should never be your best wide, your best receiver. He shouldn't be your best option. And he has become a binky for Carson. So Carson scans the field. Oh, wherever Zach Ertz is, I'm going, you know, because he's the only guy that will consistently catch the ball and not drop it. Um, Peterson, Doug, commit to running the football. Like, like commit to running the football like you called Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs gave you his pep speech, and it's, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Commit to running the football because our O-line isn't giving – Carson, the time he needs and pass blocking. You got to help these dudes, man. Um, defensively, you know, we know what the issues are. Secondary is trash. The D line has not played up to standard, but I would go as far as to say our defense is actually good. It's not a bad defense, it's just not world beating to where. The offense can be as poor as it has been, and the defense can prop us up or hold us up. It's not that good anymore. Our offense has been sadly delinquent on delivery. So, you know, the defense, the secondary is trash. They're bumps. Uh, The linebackers are overachievers. They play pretty well. And on any given Sunday, you don't know what you're going to get from the front four. Some, Some 
games they look like world beaters and other games they look like, you know, they tired of being anything other than what the secondary is. They're not doing it this game. And that's where we are, inconsistency. Some of that has to rest at the feet of Doug Peterson. Unfortunately, some of it rests at the feet of Carson Wentz, although too much is given, much is expected. So I kind of feel like people are over-blaming Carson Wentz. I've seen him hit guys in the hands multiple yeah. times. No, I, like we had I agree. Three I, losses I, I, see, I see a lot of people over-blaming him. I, I also see yeah. a lot of people who refuse to – you know, hold him to any level of accountability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, like, you know, I, I always fall somewhere in the middle. I can tell you his flaws, but I can also tell you that it's not as bad on his side that some people are making it out to be. But it's also not perfect over there. So you can't just totally it, it, no, absolve him from what's happening. It's, it's not, but I would also say this, and maybe you agree. I can look throughout the season if Carson Wentz doesn't play any better or any worse, where if the receivers catch the ball, we have three more wins. Would oh, you yeah. agree? Oh, yeah. we, especially yeah. early season. Early yeah. season, the Eagles should have been at least 5-0 and oh, and then like 7-2 and yeah. two at some point. But, yeah. you know. And and, and that's the difference, though. Even if, he, even if you see him, because a lot of people go on the last thing they saw. Um, he played a good game against Miami, um, you know, a few misses here and there, a few bad reads here and there, but that didn't win or lose that game. You know what I'm saying? Well, it definitely lost, so it didn't lose them that game. Um, the defense lost them that game. Um, yeah. The game before, like the Seattle game, um, he had a miserable performance in that game. A lot of people were pointing to that. And it was like at that moment they kind of forgot about everything else that went on in the beginning of the season and just let that overlap everything. And their whole thinking was this is how he's been playing all season. And that's just completely not true. It's just not true no matter how you look at it. But, um, you know, he's done some things that, that he needs to clean up. But a lot of stuff needs to be cleaned up around him as well. Um, you got people it, out it, there, it, shout out to Max Kellerman, who – when you explain that kind of stuff to him, he'll switch gears and go far as uh, far enough as saying, "Well, he Nick Foles, everybody wanted to play for him, so everybody rallied around and blah blah blah." You can't keep going to the Nick Foles thing because, first of all, yeah, it's not it's the same lazy, team. Some of the old it's, it's a lazy argument. Some yeah. of the guys, some of the guys who even played well then. Some of the old Aren't guys are now. a year or two older. They're not playing as well right now. You're not going to tell me that it's a, a Riley thing. Alshon Jeffrey's not playing as well. Yo, Alshon trash. Um, Alshon trash. <laughs> Aguilar is not playing like he played in the Super Bowl season. He's playing like he played every other season except the Super Bowl season. Um, Zach Ertz is not even playing to to where he – you know, the standard Can't that he's play. built for us. And then we don't have anybody else. Like, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, he hasn't proven anything. He hasn't been able to get on the field. Matt Collins has done nothing. Ended up getting released this week. Um, yeah. So, it's like, there's nothing over there. Everybody got excited about Deshaun Jackson week one. You and I both said that he wouldn't last till week three. He didn't even last till right. week two. So Man, I ain't big like and that and that's my thing like i i'm not gonna discount I, i'll say it this way i'm not gonna discount 
who and what he is based on my genuine, my genuine and honest dislike of the dude. I, I, I know, okay, dude would make a lot of difference, but come on, man. It ain't just him. It ain't, it ain't, but it ain't. But that's the thing, dudes. though. But we've always, we've always acknowledged his, his trick. We've always uh-huh. acknowledged what he can do, but he's never available. So it's Yo, like, okay, never... this is a this is an overrated concept if he can't even be on the field to 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 do that. So you know, I I get all that out of my mind early because you kind of know if you it if you know anything out. about football, you know you're not going to have Deshaun Jackson for you. You want to have Deshaun Jackson for ten to eleven games on the backside of the season. That's the best right. you can hope for. Get injured early. He come right. back. Get injured and early and come back. And come and come. In this case, he got injured early and he ain't coming back. So, all right. I, so, I, how do you I, see this ending? How do you see this ending? Because even as, as bad as the Eagles are, they should beat the Giants. I don't know if they'll sweep the Giants, but they should beat the Giants. They should finish off Washington. I don't think they can beat the Cowboys. But the cow, you see how the Cowboys will give up games, um, and the Eagles yeah. have this one at home. Um, so for me, the Miami game is going to loom way more important than it's you know it should, than it shows yeah, because because I still think the Cowboys will drop at least two more games, maybe to the Bears, maybe Cow- to the Rams. Cowboys you know what I'm saying? They might more. drop. They might drop two more games. So if you win that Miami game and tie it up there. And you went out from that point, then I think if I'm doing the math correctly and I'm doing it really quickly in my head, I think with the Cowboys dropping the two games that I think they would drop, even if they sweep the Eagles in the season series, I think the Eagles still had that chance of finishing a game ahead of the Cowboys in the long run. But they messed that up by giving up a game that nobody should lose. So no one. Yeah. I I see the Cowboys backing into the playoffs by default because the yeah. Eagles are just I, I think, trash. I think I know what your answer is. We are, we are trash. Which team is better or or less than better? Which team is less trash? Um, that's even a hard. I mean, that's a hard thing to answer because. I think the Cowboys, like the expectations after the three and zero start, and they've gone three and six since then. I think that I don't know. I I I I think the Cowboys are better than the Eagles. I think they're going to go to Philly in a couple of weeks and and beat us again, which will put the nail in the coffin most likely. I at that point. I agree because I honestly think that they're mediocre. I think that I, if I keep it a hundred with myself. I think we're a bad football team. I don't think we're bad. Like, I don't think no, we're yeah. mediocre. I mean, we're below mediocre. We haven't shown anything because what we showed in the beginning of the season when we were still living on those, oh, we were one pass, one drop pass away from winning that game, we showed at that point that we can't finish games. Then as the season went on, we showed that, well, early in the season we were showing that the offense can't get started until at least the third quarter. Um, but we show pretty much every game that you cannot get the offense and the defense, you know, to have a good game at the same time. So, you know, that's just reeks of not being a good team because no unit is consistent enough for you to even be dominant in any right. kind of stretch during the season. So 
Yeah, I, right. I think I think the Cowboys will finish um, finish the deal, and and not even saying finish it like they're gonna go out and just totally do their part to finish it. Like I said, I think the Eagles and the Cowboys right now are still standing at the entrance to, to the building, holding the door for each other. Like, no, you go, no, you go. But I think the Cowboys will end up saying, okay, let me stop doing this. Let's walk through yeah. this door. So, <laughs> so the prop, so the problem, the problem is, even if we get our act together. Um, I, I don't think we're talented. Like from a talent huh. perspective, I think there's a talent deficiency. So I got yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, because you looked at the roster, a lot of people preseason were like, the Eagles have the greatest, the, the most talented roster in the league. Yeah, I think a lot of those dudes fell off. Um, Alshon Dunn, and yeah. I'm actually seeing brother. I'm actually seeing brother Malcolm fall off a little bit. Yeah, he's falling. Yeah, he's off. still a yeah, good right. player in comparison to Alshon, but yeah, there's some fall Yo, out there. Alshon gone. All right. Real, real quick, let's, stat of the week. Let's get back a little bit to this whole James Harden thing. We talked about it earlier, but let me tell you how crazy it actually is. Um, just for comparison's sake, Steph Curry attempted 287 free throws all of last season. Now, now Steph Curry is not the dude who's gone to the hole nonstop and getting to the line, but it's still crazy that through 20 games of this season, James Harden has already attempted 298 free throws. So through 20 games of the season, damn near to the quarter mark of the season, not even, like right at the quarter mark of the season, he's already attempted 12 more free throws, 11 more free throws than Steph Curry did all of last season. Yo, the pace that he he's on is crazy, and people – you know, when Tobias called in earlier and talked about James Harden as a scorer and he thinks he's overrated, I mean, this is one of the things. This is the mark of a scorer. A scorer gets to the foul line. But I sometimes think the way that James Harden gets to the foul line, we spoke about it earlier. I just think he's a little difficult. He's gotten into that category of being difficult to officiate. He gets to the line a lot when he probably shouldn't. And I'm not saying all of them but he's averaging like 13 free throws a game. There's a few mixed in there where it's like, man, that wasn't a foul. He's flopping and you fell for that. All kinds of stuff. But the thing is, you know what? There, he makes him. He went 24 for 24 from the free throw line the other night in a 50-point game against the Rock, against the Spurs, right? He went something crazy like 9 for 38 um, from the field but he went 24 of 24 from the foul line. And that same game, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook went seven for 30 from the field. So these guys missed, <laughs> these guys missed like over 50 shots between them and they lost by two in overtime. And that was even controversial. And we'll, we'll talk about that later, but the free throws, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's insane. Through 20. <laughs> because because we're 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 aficionados and lovers of the game, I want to appreciate James Harden for what he is. Um, and I started to because he's you know he's my type of player, highly skilled, not super athletic, but when I watch him, um, he doesn't make my old fat ass want to go play basketball. <laughs> like what he does, I don't want to go. I don't want to do that. That's not that's, what and I that's the thing though. Because I talked mm-hmm. to you earlier about, like, the stuff that I'm 
teaching and preaching to my son as I'm watching basketball. And I'm always preaching to him, look, you know, go the hole, get to the foul line. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot, a whole lot of positive in that. You can go up there, and if you make yourself into a good free throw shooter, you can go up there, you get easy buckets, um, you get the rest while doing it. Like, there's a whole lot in there. The, the, the clock is stopped just in case, depending on what the situation is with the score in your team. It's just a whole lot of positive to get into the line as much as you can. But I can't really say, like, when, when we're watching a Rockets game, I'm not telling him, yeah, that's what you should be doing. This is This is what you should be doing. I'm kind of like, and not just the Rockets, but, you know, the NBA in general. A lot of stuff I'm seeing when I'm watching games with them, I'm like, yeah, that's not how you should go about that. That's not, because a lot of things are being done now off of athleticism. So you can't just teach the average kid, the average person, that kind of stuff, because everybody's not going to become that kind of an athlete. You force Steph and Fred Van Fleet. It's hard and, to teach, uh, man. It's like the best teacher, the best games to watch with a young person would probably be like WNBA games, but I refuse. Um, quote of the week. <laughs> this is crazy. We're going to talk about this, and we're going to take some more calls in a minute. Um, quote of the week. He's really good at that fake, Lamar Jackson. But when you consider his dark skin color with a dark football, with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the mesh point. Um, that quote came from now suspended San Francisco 49ers broadcaster Tim Ryan on the effectiveness of <laughs> of, of uh, Jackson's play-action fake because of his dark skin and the dark ball, uh-huh. the dark uniform, making it hard uh-huh. to see for the defense. That fake. So, he got suspended for one game. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to react to this. You know, social media went crazy. He should have been fired. He should have been this. Can I be honest no. with the people out here? Can I be honest with the people out here? I know it's wrong. I, it, I, even if it's not maliciously wrong, it's just ignorant to say. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I can't promise y'all that I didn't laugh when I first saw this. I can't promise y'all. I'm just not mature enough to handle stuff like this. Even if I know it's wrong, because at this point, at some point, some of the stuff that goes on, some of the stuff we have to laugh. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we can't be outraged over everything. You got to qualify that. I don't think you need to qualify that because everyone. A lot of people out there don't know us, man. A lot of people don't know how immature we are. Everyone that tunes in and listens to this show knows that if we had the opportunity to eviscerate Trump we would but everyone also knows that we enjoy him to the fullest because a he is hilarious and b this is what america is if we can't laugh at trump what can we do we i can't wake up in the morning if i can't laugh at dude so yeah, you man this is he's a great player because how black he is because how black he is black ass can <laughs> black ass i can't tell the difference between him and the ball um and his jersey like come on man. so I want basically called the brother's skin complexion blurple. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. It makes people uncomfortable. We're going to have some of our, possibly not our listeners, but folks that participate in our uh, 
in our Facebook on our Facebook page, and we we love you. We appreciate you, even the racist guys. Man, I really I really love and appreciate you, man. You can be a white supremacist and be a part of the war room uh, family. We're cool. You're just our racist uh, participants. So here's what I'm going to say. A, as you mentioned, the guy, it, it, whether he should know it, he should know not to say that, whether it comes from a racist and bigoted place or it just comes from an insensitive place, you should be aware. You, you should be cognitive, of, uh, cognizant of that, right? I'm going to go ahead and say that race, racism, white supremacy are so woven into the tapestry of American society that statements like this are just natural. And that those that say them are only giving over to their nature. Now, there will be some upsetment with that statement because there's going to be a, a you're generalizing. Well, yeah, I am generalizing. I'm generalizing, but show me where that generalization is, is wrong, right? Because every so often, and I would say within the span of 90 days, you're going to get something in the news cycle where someone says or does something that falls in line with what this gentleman did. Now, do I feel he should lose his job? I can't answer that. I, I, I can't answer that um, because I feel as though this type of stuff is not an outlier. I feel as though this is indicative of what, a large segment of the population really feels. And he just allowed it to slip. But it's been in his mind. That doesn't necessarily even mean he hates Lamar Jackson. I'm not I don't think right. he's hateful. I don't think it's it is the ignorance of bigotry and racism manifesting itself quite honestly in a comedic in a comedic way. But this is who America is. And it makes people uncomfortable. It make it incenses black folks. It makes white folks uncomfortable. But because we don't acknowledge it, and, and I like the reason that we laugh at it is because we are comedic in nature at some level. We're not comedians. But if you can't laugh at your pain, then you can't acknowledge it and face it, and you can't deal with it. We laugh at it because it is it's funny. It's funny, funny thing is though, funny thing is, like I never thought of it, you know, because I, you know, I, I don't even think I've watched Lamar Jackson enough to have to thought in my mind awful. ever, like, man, he's a hell of a, uh, you know, handoff faker. Like I've you never thought that before. You know how blurp, but I'm like, if that became his thing, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past some overanalyzing black analyst to think that or say that himself. And they would not have gotten in trouble for it. <laughs> I'm about to say, but they can't say that. They can't say. Yeah. And, so and, and, there's, there's a, <laughs> and there's a white person somewhere that will make the case, well, why could the black guy say that? Well, you go <laughs> ahead and look at history and look at why you can't say it versus why we could. I mean, that come on, that's common sense, too. Why is it that you would want to say that? If you feel as though it's something that could be questionable, then I would throw back at you, why would you want to say that because a black commentator probably could say that. Shannon, I could see Shannon Sharp saying something like that off of off of a little bit of cognac. But um 
this again, my my whole position, uh, Dev, is this is America, and when it rears its ugly head, it, it's it's uncomfortable for some. But this is who we are. We live in hey, a racist place. In, uh, in the group, in the game time app, he said, um, "Was it worse than what Billy Packer said about AI?" I I actually forgot what he said about AI, so I asked him, "If you do, you remember what Billy Packer said about AI?" No, if not, we'll just wait for him to, to say that. Okay, uh, the Trailblazers are going to amend Carmelo Anthony's contract so that it becomes fully guaranteed for the remainder of the season. So Melo Yo, already man. earned him some guarantees. This is the feel-good story. I, 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 man, we ain't at that part of the show. We'll talk about it in a few. I'm All right, so we happy, got the man. homie Nas on the line, so let's hear uh, what he has to say, and then we'll get to that part uh, of the show. Right. Nas, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Uh, hopefully, I <laughs> miss Smoke uh, from Alabama, but shout out to him, man. You know I was just messing with you <laughs> the other week. Homie. Know, everybody's going. You've been, uh, it's all good. You've been getting killed. That's what we're supposed oh, to do. Hey, man. You know, you know That's me. That's what we're supposed <laughs> You got to We got to let unbothered. him have it. Unbothered by any criticism or uh, care about anybody's feelings. Uh, that's just how I roll. I was, I was raised I don't, a certain way. I don't think you've ever heard <laughs> someone brag the way Tobias brags about the tie. Like it's ne- oh, like good. he literally is the Ric Flair of supporting the tie. <laughs> like he's Ric Flair with it. So that's what I'm saying, and he does it on air, but he's even worse in the chat room. In the chat room, oh, okay, it's crazy. Good. Well, hopefully so, yeah, I heard that's it. Right. That's why that's why Jimmy uh, Jimmy's relentless. When Jimmy's on the air, he's relentless with Tobias when they lose. <laughs> I aim to displease. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's basically my whole sentiment. But but getting to what, what y'all was just talking about, this little story. Like, look, yeah, y'all laid it out. Yeah, it's more funny than anything just because it's so stupid. The question isn't should he be fired because he made some some comments that. You can easily see it's racist, and you probably know this dude has a racist mind state. He should be fired because he's not good at his job. Like, he's stupid. <laughs> like, the Baltimore Ravens are good at play action because they run the ball a lot, and the quarterback runs as well. That makes That's the what defense I'm saying. Like, what kind a of, bit. What kind of it, analysis It's hard is to that? get up the field his against dark him. skin so, makes him like, what? Right. That's just bad yeah, like, like, dude, who hired you? That, that's the first. Okay, who hired him? And why? And why aren't they fired? And then you bring him in and you fire him too because, okay, you're not good at this job. you got to go. If, if, you're, if your football acumen tells you somebody is effective in play action because their dark skin hides the football, like, bro, you got to go. Like, trash. You're not qualified for this job. Your analysis is trash. Tom Brady's, but, Tom Brady's great white and Aryan nature makes him great at the position. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> Like that's why he needed to be fired, just because he ain't good at his job. Uh, the Eagles stuff. Now, this is what y'all Philly boys, y'all real Philly boys. So I, I can say this to y'all with no 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 issues. But Philly, the, the Eagles remind me of Golden State. You had a situation where the players, some overperformed what they were as a career player and mm-hmm. played really well. You guys were able to win a championship, and immediately the administration. <laughs> right. The administration starts beating his chest about how they're better than everybody, how they have an advantage because of how smart they are. So Howie Roseman, you know, you, you, you kind of you, you kind of compare him to that Golden State regime. 
So he makes all of these, like, risky signings where it's like, okay, we're going to backload all of this money or we're going to get this guy who has a really checkered injury pass. But if he's healthy, this is going to work out this way. And this, so right. he took all of these, all these old you know, plays. Right. So then when everything <clears> went <throat> bad and most of these guys were injured or couldn't play, now you've got a roster where Jim Schwartz has to sit in the house because he knows his coverage will not hold up because the secondary is not good and the front four is not good enough anymore to get pressure alone. So you're in no man's land on defense. You know you're hoping and wishing. And then you go to the offensive side of the ball, and you got problems everywhere. Yes, you have a lot of receivers, and, and people are supposed to catch the ball who are not, you know, great at it. But also there's problems with Carson. Uh, his mechanics break down a lot. And the ball tends to sail, or uh, it gets to the point where the ball placement is just so horrid that it's like, okay, dude, you're dealing with average receivers. You've got to be a lot more on the money. And it's not because he doesn't have the ability to do it, because you see it from play to play to where everything looks good and it comes out right. But he just breaks down way too much, loses his fundamentals either in the pocket or out of the pocket. And, you know, that's a problem, man. I agree with your analysis 99.875%. And my only deviation really is more of a question with Carson, no matter what quarterback you have, two things, if they're under pressure because their O-line isn't holding up, because our O-line is the other piece that you didn't mention. Them dudes is up out of here, man. Jason Peters already retired. He just on the field. If if a young and, and, and his replacement like isn't ready yet, his replacement has gotten into a few games and gotten benched in the same game. Got, uh, got yeah. So you've got O line lacking play. You got receivers that can't catch, and then you've got a guy who's got what I like to call Andrew Luck syndrome, which is he's gonna press to try and make something happen, leading to those mechanics. I, I just don't find as much fault in Carson as I do with this entire thing breaking down. There's so much breakdown all around him. How does he hold up? You know, not not absolving him of blame, Nas, but, yo, he's hitting cats in the hands and they won't catch it. The only thing yeah, he can do is pick to. it off. That happens too, but I, I will be careful to compare him to Andrew Luck because I don't think he's as good as Andrew. I don't think he mm-hmm. raises the level of the players around him. I don't think he's that kind of quarterback. I think he's more mm-hmm. in that Matt Ryan sense of you have to have talented players around him in a good scheme, and then he can excel. But when things start to crumble around him and you expect him to be the hero, I don't think he's talented enough to do that mm-hmm. and, 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 and pull you forward. Now, that's not a knock on him. That's All called, right. okay, if you've got a quarterback no, 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 and got you're you. putting $100 million into him, you have to have a proper assessment of them. The Falcons never took that proper assessment, and that's why, you know, they think they're contenders every year and you see what happens. So, uh, yeah, know, I'm, I not think, knocking, um, I'm not knocking And I think the, the pressing is always going to be an issue because he's always going to have the ghost of Nick Foles over his shoulder, even though he's not on the mm-hmm. team Yeah, he has, to, he has to prove so himself he, in a way that right. most quarterbacks never have to. Like, to be on yeah. that team and the other guy wins the chip, and you know what I mean? You're, you're always going to have to prove yourself. Now, the, the other part of this is, as y'all talked about earlier, okay, your O-line is not good at pass protection. Why are you doing so many deep drops? Uh, why are you not why getting the ball out early? Why are you not forcing the running routes. game? Uh, yes. Right. Why are you not forcing the running game? Now, that's, yeah, that's, that's, one of his, 
That's one of his flaws, though, holding the ball too long. He definitely does that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but the thing with him, like, he doesn't have – like, Phil Simms didn't have that too. same issue because when Stetler came in, he didn't light it up. You know, he the defense mm-hmm. pretty much led them to a championship. Like, Nick Foles came in, first playoff game wasn't that great. Second half was pretty good. But then the, the next two, the championship game and the Super Bowl, dude just went out there and just showed his ass. So he's always right. on and, and now he's in, you know. being, in the process of being run out of Florida. So, you know, these things are kind of circular. <laughs> but think about the Eagles of bringing back Darren Sproles. It's like, okay, for one, he shouldn't be good enough to make your roster. You should have somebody better than him in camp that beats him out. He should not wow. be taking up a, a spot. That's yeah. not for Darren. You know, great player, no, no, great no, player. No, not. But come on now. No, that's not a knock on Darren. That's a knock on Howie Roseman because we shouldn't be bringing him back, and he shouldn't be so good after all of those injuries and being five foot three and the size of a stripper <laughs> that he can make a team. It, like that dude is dude is damn near forty and tiny, and is one of your best players. Like I still would argue when healthy, which is never, but when healthy, he's still one of your best players. Why? Why? Why right. is that? That should that yeah. I, I, that's my criticism of Howie. I, I I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. So so that's the problem. Then you get the young receivers who it appears just Tar- Carson doesn't trust them at all to be where they're supposed to be. Uh, they don't get off the line well, and then they're not blazing fast either because they were telling us four three stuff for uh, was it uh, what's the guy's name? Who they were telling us four three stuff. And when I seen Jordan Matthews get signed and, and then play snaps in the same week, I said, oh, God, these boys are so bold. And then they cut back. So they cut two receivers in the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, who's going to be in the game then? Because which, which, uh, which, guy, like, which guy did you hear ran a 4-3? The, the abracadabra cabarabus dude? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, guy, yeah. And he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a red zone threat. He's supposed to be able to go up and get the ball. I'm like, I haven't even yeah. seen him in the game in the red zone too much this season. In camp without pads, but in the actual game where he has to get off the line, he has to run routes and he has to have timing. Uh no, it's just not good. I mean he's a developmental yeah. player. And, and this is the even um, Alshon Jeffrey. The only way he can catch a ball now is he just run a few yards and box you out. Like he's slow as hell. No Yo. separation. That man Yo. is out there. What's crazy? What's crazy <laughs> is Alshon Jeffrey actually didn't have a bad forty coming out of out of college. Like dude was yeah. a deep threat in, that, in Chicago. He's the kid that that calls in Chicago. All that good. Right. Well, but, yeah, but that's that's be a bad veteran signing if you're asking him to be the third or fourth wide receiver. But if you're asking him to be the one. And be your, your primary option, like besides Earth, like nah, you're in trouble. Now, as far as so let me, Cowboys, I mean, t- I mean, two, three years ago, yeah, but now, yeah, Nod, like, Nod, right. Let me let me ask you, let me ask you a question, Nod. So you made the co- the comment about Carson. I I agree. Can Carson grow beyond Matt Ryan, or are you saying that's his ceiling? I think that's his ceiling. I don't think you'll see okay. anything beyond that. I th- I think that the issues that that you talk about where he presses. And things start to break down. I don't think Damn, that's going to go anywhere. I, I think we're going to see the ball flow. I think, like, like go to that that check down, that infamous check down in the game before this one. 
uh, where they were trying to rally back and, and win. And, I mean, he just, like, the way that that ball sailed on him, man, like you knew all day. He knew where it was supposed to go. He just couldn't get it there because his mechanics were so, you know, out of whack. And when you lose to a Ryan Fitzpatrick-led team who is trying to tank and Ryan is messing it up, like, man, that's an indictment. So yeah, you're that's the worst division in football, and the Cowboys' mediocre team is going to run away. Well, not run away, but barely pull away and win the division, uh, even though they're terrible too. And when they tried to give you every opportunity to win it yourself. Right. But you got Jason Witten making the team down there, so that, that already tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> and, of course, they Yo, As long as they right? got him out the Monday night booth. Because I was about to start boycotting <laughs> Monday Night Football. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dak has this great start, and all of a sudden, they attribute the winning to Dak as opposed to the threat of Zeke that had everybody sitting, you know, sitting Yo, in the gas no, and focusing no, on Zeke. And then no, they went to they, a Dak-centric offense. On, they and, on Zeke. They said Zeke right. can't play no more. It's all that. It's all that. <laughs> everything, everything we ever do is all about that. I'm like, Yo! It's like, man, and, and they the are thing, counting the for Zeke. That That's laughable. why he gets all these open windows. Now, the moment the they started the preparing for Dak. Nah, mm-hmm. look at Dak. Look at, look at Zeke's numbers. His numbers mm-hmm. aren't bad. Like, they're not great. But he has good quality numbers. They're still like, no, Zeke fell off. It's all Dak. It's all Dak. <laughs> right. And, and the crazy thing is, when you watch certain certain systems, like, you watch the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley. You watch the Cowboys with Zeke. It's clear that in Carolina with CMC, they understand the proper way to use a running back of that kind of, you know, that caliber. You get them out of space. You feed them, you feed them touches, but you make sure those touches are either going to be effective because you're forcing one-on-ones or you're just going to hit them with value. And just the, the misuse of, of, of Zeke, who I think – I think he's catching like 50 less balls than last year at this point. And Yo. the best use of Saquon, you're like, man, it's not that running backs don't matter. It's that we got some really bad coaches out here who don't understand how to use an advantage. Yo, last game the Cowboys just lost what should have been a wake-up call because Zeke was very, very productive. And they still didn't use – he got two touches in the second half. Against a good defense. against Buffalo. Who's probably That's one of the top three pass defensive uh, teams in the yeah. league, but they get gashed in the run game. But they're going to throw take, it. Let's take Dak. average. Let's take average ass Dak and throw him. And let's not run with the best with the top five running back in the league. Let's let's not do that. Yo, I can't. I cannot want the, the Cowboys to make it to the future just based on stuff like that. Not my natural seething hate of them because I'm an Eagles fan, but just look at dumb stuff like that. They can't possibly. Oh, dude, it's going to be so fun to watch them lose in the first round. Oh, it's going to be so fun. They're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a good Twitter night. Oh, and, and before I get out of here, y'all were dead on in the Harden conversation. Look, James Harden yeah. and Luka Doncic are great basketball players, but they're also yeah. lawyer loophole basketball players who basically, it's like when you were kids and you were playing Mortal Kombat and somebody figured out how to game the system and some move that nobody could stop. After a while, it wasn't really fun playing with them. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of similar watching Luka and watching Harden, man. It's, like, it's a brand of basketball that is so cowardly and, and just so... It's, it's, just, it's not a good... 
Dude, it's not, it's not a good brand of basketball to watch, man. It's begging for calls. It's leaning into people. It's flopping everywhere. It's mm-hmm. constantly going to the line. And it, it takes not only the creativity, but the pace of the game. Dude, I, I do not that's like watching Luka or no, I still, I still evaluate. Yeah, basketball is about tricking the rest of the day. In a, in a player and say, hmm, I want to take my old fat ass out to the court and try and do that and pop my knee. I don't look at James Harden and say, hmm, I want to do that. Yeah, let me go to the court and do that. Let me do what he does. That's, that's I, that, that is the thing. Like, it, it, It's always fun to see somebody just getting buckets, but it's really not that fun to see James Harden getting buckets. I don't want to sound like that because, you know, I'm somewhat still a right. supporter, but yeah, it's, I try like I said, like, it's, I try it's nothing like, that I want to teach my kid. Like, yeah, that's how you yeah, do it. Like, <laughs> and he's an all-time like, great scorer. I, I'm not going to take that away from him. But I hate to see Luca now become his son and take on the tactics of Harden instead of the tactics of some of the all-time greats when he has the – like, both of them have extremely fast and creative first steps, and they, they move in an offbeat rhythm where it's kind of hard to, mm-hmm. you know, know mm-hmm. where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. So they, they, got they, that would be, they would both be great e- either way, but they don't have to do it like this, man. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> so it's that's what I mean. That, that's so what the, the league has turned into, like gaming the system. Let me see what tricks I can pull that the refs aren't going to – I guess some would think it's smart. For me, it's hard to watch. Remember man. when your homeboy figured that out and just slid everybody to death? It took right. all the energy out the room. Nobody want to play you, dude. You do the same thing. That's hey, what hey, it is. Be awesome. It's like when we used to play. It, it's like when we used to play Bayon and Madden, and he always hit you with that little pass out into the flat. Like you get him down to like a third and twelve, and then he kept running the same play. Like, yo, man, you don't stop, yo, Bayon, Bayon. I, I played Bayon a couple times and man, I'm like, look, you make you quit the game. Entire game. The entire <laughs> game. I'm, you got it. The, the video game Dink and Dunk King, and that shit used to work. All right, guys, man, this is for the call as usual, man. We're going. Hey, and, and just for the record, before the <laughs> uh, young boys retired me online in Madden, that was another problem too. They figured out blitzes nobody knew about and cheesed <laughs> the hell out you to the point to where you had to pull the plug, man. They retired yeah, twenty. 2010, I tried to start playing online with some youngins, man. We had a Madden League and we had a um, uh, a 2K, NBA, 2K League. 2K now, league. the Madden League, I wasn't even competitive. But the 2K <laughs> League, I had gotten okay. But then dudes, like, I used to play a dude. He, had, he used to use the Knicks. And um, David Lee was, like, the best player in the game. He had some glitch <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm like, come on. He, no, he would be in the post. He would get the ball. He will literally run through you like a ghost. And this dude would keep doing it. Like, dude, you're cheating. Like, like you no, can't just run no. through my man like, like a ghost. We, we, we got we to gotta go, Naj. But think about this. When you look oh, yeah, at 2K, do you want to play Do you want to play as James Harden? You don't want to play as James Harden. What? Come on, man. Yo, hit us next week, man. All right, Joe. All right, we're, All right. All right, yeah, we got a few minutes left here. Just want to give uh, a shout-out. Shout out. Yeah, yeah, we definitely we going to do that in a second. Um, actually, we can go out on that. Shout-out to Bernard Hopkins, Sugar Shane Mosley, and Juan Manuel Marquez. They are the latest to be elected into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. 
I think all three men are very well deserving. I don't think there's an argument to be made on the contrary. Of course, there are some other people, um, some contributors and some ladies and all that. I guess, but. I guess you don't have to be retired to go into the Boxing Hall of Fame because Bernard is still Because you know. <laughs> all of these dudes probably got a fight schedule. <laughs> Yo. They all well, all three got a fight schedule. No, Sugar, the only one retired. Marquez definitely still rumbling. He's Mexican. And yeah. Bernard is trying to fight Roy, and it ain't even about money. It's personal. Marquez probably fight like he probably fight like Kimbo and like people backyards. And Bernard just waiting. Bernard just hangs around at fights. Like you still think Bernard's some kind of executive with Golden Boy? I think he just be hanging around, trying to low key challenge people. Like you can do that to yeah. me though. Trying to get a payday. Um, exactly. Uh, Terrell Pryor. <laughs> was stabbed by his girlfriend uh, over this past week. Yo, he was in critical condition. They said he coded twice when Mm -hmm. he was in surgery. Uh, That whole thing is going to be more to come out because she basically said it was in self-defense. And her friends and witnesses says it's not the first time that he put hands on her either. Um, We got some stuff. We'll talk about this next week, man. We got because actually, I know you're working on getting Patrick Ewan on the show. Um, he yes, might talk about this, though. We got a couple of Georgetown basketball players accused of burglary, sexual assault, and harassment. So we will talk about that a little bit next week. Right now, real quick, before we uh, leave out on Mellow, man, this date in sports history, um, December 5th, 1974, NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle awarded the Seattle Professional Football Consortium, led by Lord Lloyd W. Nordstrom, um, a franchise to organize the future Seattle Seahawks. And also, December 5th, 1978, the Philadelphia Phillies made Pete Rose the highest paid athlete in baseball. Listen to this contract. He was 37 years old. He signed a four-year, $3.2 million deal worth $800,000 per year and helped Philly win the 1980 World Series, which was its first. He was getting $800,000 a year, and he was the highest-paid athlete in the league. Yo, dudes are getting $30 million now. <laughs> and half of them couldn't hold Pete Rose's jockstrap. So <laughs> it's crazy. You got to you gotta crawl before you walk. They're standing on your shoulders, Pete. And Pete probably Yo, Pete might gambled be the best all that any. He might be the best cat in any sport, not in the Hall of Fame. We know why. Oh, man. I'm just saying. We did run out. I thought we was going to get to talk about Melo being the player of the week, him and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, we, we definitely got to touch on that because, like you said, it's a feel-good story, and Melo yes. is playing very well. But that player of the week thing was crazy because your man Harden no, averaged no, no. like 90 points last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he put up Luka 90. averaged like a 30-point triple-double last week. So they definitely he gave him a lot. Yo, <laughs> they, they, uh, they did the numbers, and, uh, and, and Melo put up 22. So he put up 60-something in over three games. Harden had 60 in one game. In three so quarters. he shouldn't have got three in three quarters. In three quarters. He shouldn't have had it, but also Melo should have never been out of the league. And I know it's a small sample size, but from what I'm seeing, he's part of a big three, and he's still oh. capable of putting up 20 a game. So why was he ever out of the league? So we got to no go, doubt. man. No, we're going to talk about Melo next week, man. He deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. So, look, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us. 
for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everyone in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, War Room Sports Game Time on the GroupMe app. And all the callers who called in to holler at a special thanks to Gus Griffin and Fred Perdue for their respective segments. Tune in next week, live right here on demand as we review NFL Week 15, and preview Week 15, and catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. We'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportstobook.com or at warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.